0: IT'S TIME FOR A
1: CHANGE! I have so much anger, I feel like I've been raped! In the face! Raged!
2: At no point in your rambling were you even
1: close to anything that could be considered a rational thought.
0: And I've tried even more I've cried, cried, cried And I can't recall what for i pressed, I've pushed, I've yelled i begged in hopes of some success But the inevitable fact is That it never will impress I've no more fucks to give my fucks have run dry I've tried to go fuck shopping But there's no fucks left to buy I've no more fucks to give No more fucks I've tried to get I'm over my fuck budget And I'm now in fucking debt I strive, strive, strive to get everything done. I've played by all the rules, but i very rarely won. I've smiled, I've charmed, I've wooed and laughed, alas, to no avail. I've run round like a moron to unequivocally fail. I've no more fucks to give, my fuck fuse has just blown. I've been hunting for my fucks all day, but they've upped and fucked off home. I've no more fucks to give My fuck rations are depleted I've rallied my fuck army But it's been fucking defeated The effort has just not been worth The time or the expense I've exhausted all my energy For minimal recompense The distinct lack of acknowledgement Has now begun to go, and I've come to realize that I don't give up. have flown away. My fucks are now so fucked off they refuse to fucking stay. I've no more fucks to give, my fucks have gone insane. They've come back round and pass me while they're fucking off again. I've no more fucks to give, my fucks have all dissolved. I've many projects but my fucks won't be involved. I've no more fucks to give, my fucks have all been spent. They've fucked off. Know where they went. I've no more fucks to give. I've no more fucks to give. I've no more fucks. I've no more fucks. I've no more
1: fucks
2: Alright everybody, this is the element of surprise, and my name is Chadwick J. Seward. Welcome. Welcome. You can find us on podbean.com. Go to your browser. Type in eosmentallyirregular.podbean.com. Takes you straight there. You can find us on Facebook. Go to Facebook. Type in www.facebook.com backslash eosmentallyirregular. Takes you right to us. You can join the EOS group through Facebook and other such EOS-related things. I have been asking the U.S. Army questions, such as, uh, is it rape if uh, you stick your tongue betwixt a woman's butt cheeks uh, when she's not expecting it, or uh, have you ever had um, inappropriate feelings about a blood relative? You know, maybe you can answer some of those questions for me. But uh, this is the element of surprise, and I've got some stuff to talk about tonight. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Let's let's not fuck around, because I've got no fucks left to give. Has that lovely song, uh, said at the beginning, and by the way, if you enjoyed that, that was, um, Thomas Benjamin Wilde Esquire, and his song, I've No More Fucks to Give, excellent tune, uh, I happened upon it quite by mistake, and, uh, it has been, uh, it has been eye-opening, um, hold on, smoking, I love it, um, okay, so, first topic, first topic of the evening, and, uh, Just bear with me because i wrote a lot of notes and i again as usual they are in no fucking discernible order so how how can i tell you what i want to say without going through my notes so bear with me on that uh first topic of the night is why everybody and i mean everybody wants a penis like men women children dogs cats your mother your father your grandmother, your aunt, that one dude who just stares at you from across the bar like you fucking hurt him in the past and you don't remember it, but he remembers every fucking detail of your face. That dude, everybody wants a penis. And I'm going to tell you why. Starts off right here. Listen, listen. Visually speaking, the human penis, the male human penis, is an elegant and striking sight to behold. Sleek, aerodynamic, and brimming with absolute gooey excitement. Those of us born with a penis, we're in constant awe of it. I don't know about you, but I I, I look at my penis every day, and I'm like, holy shit, I've got one of these. <laughs> what? What was that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I didn't quite hear you. What? Something about played with it? You're goddamn right. And every other guy in the world has too, because they're just as in awe of their penis as I am. And uh, you know, women, women want penises too. As I said, those of us born with a penis are in constant awe of it. And those of us born without are mesmerized by its near perfection. But what is it about the penis that attracts our attention so powerfully? Mayhaps it's the structure. Mayhaps it's dangly limp visage masking its hidden abilities. Or is it the girth? Could the very concept of a fleshy appendage, the thickness of a beer bottle, and the length of a Hungarian bratwurst be enough to entrance an entire species? Personally, I believe that the fascination comes from its wide range of shapes and sizes. Peni of uh, of varying sizes exist. And according to modern teenage slang terminology, the larger the penis, the more energy it emits, which is where you got BDE or big dick energy from. Apparently, according to modern teenage slang, they're also very yeet. I don't know what that means, but I've heard it said. Things are yeet, and I'm assuming the penis is uh, on the top of that list. Now listen. Again, I'm going to say this, everyone wants a penis, and I'll tell you again why. Because if you look at it, any if you look at any romantic fan fiction on the internet uh, and read it, after the initial shock of reading about the graphic sexual acts of Snarf from Thundercats and Gargamel from S- Smurfs, uh, having scat sex together atop of Castle Grayskull, wears off. After that, initial shock wears off. You'll see that there is a lot of descriptive detail given to the penis an almost nauseating amount of detail, almost as if the mental image of male genitalia seems to get the creative juices flowing. Whether you find the author describing the length, shape, texture, veins, etc., you will find it is written with the passion of somebody who seems to really wish they had a penis. And again, I'm going to say that this desire everyone has to have a penis, all their very own, does not reflect on who they are. Regardless of your age, gender, sexual orientation, personal opinions, level of maturity, so on and so forth, at one point or another, everyone has wished that they had a penis. I personally, personally know the excitement of having a penis and holding one's own penis. I've also been witness to people touching, holding, gripping, squeezing, flapping, and shlooping either their own penis or the penis of a person they know or possibly have just met. Every time it's been an absolute riot, every range of emotion is present. Once lackluster folks become wide-eyed, the fact that a penis can simply by sight and touch elicit such responses from people has convinced me that, regardless, again of gender, sexual orientation, so on and so forth, everybody must want one. Everybody wants a penis, and it's such a simple thing, and yet seemingly holds the key to all of the universe's unanswerable questions. I'm beyond convinced that that I'm that this is so true. Rather, that I'm willing to bet my reputation. As the czar of the bazaar on it. So, I mean, I know that, I know what you're thinking. Chad, of course I want a penis. Everybody knows that everybody wants a penis. Why even bring this up? Well, I just felt that it needed to be discussed. You know, it's an unwritten thing. It's just something that we don't normally talk about. Everybody wants a penis. Nobody talks about it. It's just clear the air. Let's just put it out there for everyone. Everybody wants a penis, and now now we've talked about it. Now it's out there. Now it's open to discuss. You don't need to hide anymore. You don't need to feel bad about your penile desires. All right, next up. Is an old timey, old timey news story. I did old timey news headlines in the past. I talked about the guy who said don't trust horses and the guy that fought a bald, e- bald eagle in his uh, air balloon, and I got some good feedback on those. So I've been looking them up, and I-, I got another one for you. Only one this week, but I got another one. Um, this is re- this this fight or this uh, old timey headline is called the fight in Corkdale's Row, and it was from the Wayne County Alliance in New York City in 19, or 1894. Now, the headline read as followed. Matter of fact, no, uh, fuck the headline, I'm just gonna read the whole thing to you verbatim and then discuss. That pack of two-legged livestock, known as the McDormitts, had a field day on Thursday. The fight commenced at roughly one o'clock and continued uninterrupted until seven o'clock that evening. It was the greatest female scrap ever known on Corkdale's Row, according to a bunch of tenements at the Five Points. Men also took a hand in the fight, and the bartender gave a woman a knockout blow when it ca- became necessary to do so. Three or four fallen women of the lowest order were in the row. The trouble was said to have originated from the presence of a Poughkeepsie woman, who was receiving considerable attention from the male visitors who steadily call at the ranch in the large numbers. All sorts of domestic implements were used in the riot. One woman had all the beer she ever wanted for once, as a couple of quarts were thrown in her face. George Rich, a local menace to the peace of the neighborhood, was seen mixed up in the row, and people of the lo- locality said that the brawl continued until a police officer was spotted some six hours later. Okay, so, right off the bat, we're told about these McDermott's, in, in a manner that suggests very little shock or surprise that they were involved at all. The McDermott's being involved with this, uh, this, with this row, with this fight, Seemed was 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 mentioned in a manner that should not shock you, I, or anybody who had lived in that area in 1894. It's it was just kind of like oh you know those fucking McDermots. It's it's an inclusion in the article that seems like finding like like finding out that the cops got called on your drunk neighbors again. Oh there's the McDermott's. They got in another brawl. Yep, no fucking shock there. <laughs> and then. After informing us of the McDermott's, we are told that the fight started at 1 o'clock in the afternoon and lasted FOR SIX HOURS! SIX FUCKING HOURS! This wasn't just a fight, this was a full-on riot. This was a barroom full of McDermott's that went straight fucking crazy for six hours. And why? Well, the same reason for every bar fight. A fucking girl. The article says that this fight was instigated by other women at the bar not getting as much attention as a woman from Poughkeepsie. So, breakdown, old timey bitches be jelly, and then McDermott's were all about that Poughkeepsie ass. So, they fucked up a bitch. That's what happened. At this point, once the article establishes that women were involved in the scrap, it then begins reading like a Mel Brooks slapstick routine. You hear about a woman getting beer thrown in her face, and the McDermott spilling out onto the streets, the bartender knocking out a woman with a right hook, and I, I just imagine like you have that old-timey piano music, a lot like the song I played at the beginning of this uh, episode. And, like, a woman's, like, up there, like, you know, she gets slid down the bar, and the bartender lifts up drinks above her, she slides by, and then, uh, a guy, like, a one woman punches the, punches another woman, she spins around over to the bartender, and he just punches her back to the other woman. It reads like a Mel Brooks slapstick routine. You know, again, I want to reiterate that this entire fight went on for six hours. No one was killed. No casualties. Six hours of fighting... No casualties. How? How did every person involved in this fight not die? If you fight for six straight hours, people are going to fucking die. It mentions specifically that domestic implements were involved. That in 2019 verbiage translates to knives, bottles, broken glass. How did no one end up dead? Also, at the end it says that a police officer was found around 7 o'clock that evening. And that ended the brawl. The simple appearance of one singular police officer from, from 1894 showing up was all it took to end this fucking, this, this, this brawl. That's it. He had to have been armed with, like, maybe a billy club back then, but he showed up and they're all like, nothing, nothing's going on, nope. nope, nothing to see here. This entire situation is exactly why I do what I do for you people. This is exactly why I give you this podcast, because the world is fucking nuts the world's been fucking nuts for a long time. There, are, I've t- I literally know people I talk to and they're like, man, you can't go outside in any war. The world is fucking nuts. And it's like, oh yeah, well, guess what? In 1894, those McDermott's were all about that Poughkeepsie ass and they were fucking shit up left and right for hours on end. The bar fights now maybe last, like, maybe two minutes, two or three minutes before they're broken up, like, immediately by other patrons and people are kicked out and they go home or are immediately arrested. These fucking McDermott's fought for six hours, and they didn't kill anyone. The world's been crazy. Don't tell me it hasn't. I am A, living proof, and B, this is what I fucking do with my life. I find out. Next topic. So, this one was uh, brought to my attention. I, I was I was having a smoke with a, with a friend of mine on a smoke break, and we were discussing... Uh, I forget exactly how it got brought up. It's just We, we were discussing something about somebody, uh, a guy that doesn't do something. And I forget exactly what the topic on hand was. But he's like, oh man, you know that, that if, if you find that guy, keep him away from me. Because that's a guy who's probably got a, fa- a basement full of bodies. And I, I elaborate, I'm like, yeah, that he's been eating. And there was a big laugh. So that got me thinking, um, how can you tell if someone that you know is eating people? Well, realistically, yes, there's a high probability that we all know someone who goes to work, comes home, showers, watches a few episodes of Naked and Afraid, or Real Housewives, and then goes out to stock murder and eat someone. I'm not here to judge or to explain why someone might want to consume someone else, because I don't tell people how to live their lives. I'm here to tell you how to identify someone who is eating people, because it's not always as easy as it seems. Most cannibals aren't advertising on street corners or at county fairs that they are, in fact, cannibals. There isn't a sign or a name tag that they wear or a tattoo that specifically IDs them as a people eater. You have to, go, you have to work to find out if someone's eating people, Before, both for your own safety and for morbid curiosity. You're going to want to know if someone you know is eating people. So, how can you tell if someone you know is eating people? And I'm going to tell you it's easy. It's easy. It's easy. Do they ask you odd questions or favors, such as cleaning their stove in the nude, hanging out in the industrial freezer that they had installed in their basement, or maybe mentioning that they like the way a- A1 steak sauce smells and suggests using it that you start using it as a shampoo or a body wash? Um, do they have an overly detailed knowledge of both human anatomy and rare cuisine? Have they ever worn a rubber butcher's apron to work or in public? Have they ever tried to set a wily coyote style trap for someone that leads into a grill or an oven? How about a kiln or a bonfire? Do they ever stare at people while drooling and rubbing their belly? Do they insist on buying spices and condiments in bulk, as if they'll need a lot of them for a large amount of meats? Do they want to show you something, usually in a dark place and alone, while bringing many cookbooks and admiring your thighs? If the answer to any of those questions is yes, then you know someone who's eating somebody. Or who has eaten people. Or who enjoys eating people. And because of that, you should be wary of them. But now that you know, you know the signs. You know what to look out for. So, you know, keep an eye out for that. That's how you tell if, uh, people, somebody you know is eating people. Another another mutual, uh, uh, I have another mutual acquaintance who... Uh, was drinking a can of, I believe it was uh, Mountain Lightning, or Doctor Something or other. Anyway, um, we we got on the topic. We got on the topic of off-brand products. You know, I mean, everybody knows Pepsi and Coke and Dr Pepper and Mountain Dew, and they're they're out there. But the, you go into any convenience store or any Dollar General or Family Dollar or store like of the of the like. And you're going to find a shitload of off-brand products that are essentially just that. Like, you know, maybe you'll find the Dr. Pepper products uh, off-brands. And they don't have 23 flavors in there. They were only able to wrangle up 16 of the 23 flavors. So they jammed them in there like, it's close enough. We'll call it this. And I have a list for you. I made a list of products that actually exist that are off-brands. I'm going to start with the Dr. Pepper uh, product off-brands. We've got Dr. Pop. Doctor Becker B E C K E R Doctor Becker Doctor Skipper Doctor Flave Ooh Doctor Thunder Doctor Thunder that, that that sounds like a doctor who who probably is a sexy doctor Doctor Thunder you know maybe he's an African American gentleman real handsome real big penis you want that penis because everybody wants a penis and so you know you call him Doctor Thunder that's what he sounds like There's also Doctor Bold And he's just very bold. He's very bold. Dr. Bold. Dr. Best. Dr. K. Dr. A+. And lastly, Dr. Bob. Well, not lastly. Second to last, Dr. Bob. Second to last is Dr. Bob, who's not, you know, he's on a first name basis. We just know Dr. Bob on a first name basis. And then lastly, my personal favorite, Dr. Topper. Dr. Topper, in my mind, was so good that it needed a jingle. Like, you know how they have, Dr. Pepper has Little Sweet, and he's like, Little Sweet coming up at you out of your mama's vagina today with a can of Dr. Pepper. I just found it in there, Little Sweet. Like, you know how Little Sweet does that? Comes out of your mother's vagina with a can of Dr. Pepper you found in there? Dr. Topper needed its own song. So I wrote one, and it goes a little something like this. When you're sitting there alone and you're hungry for a thirst, grab yourself a can of Dr. Topper. And that's the Dr. Topper theme. I wrote that years ago. But, uh, and I don't know why I've never de- said anything about it until now. But, you know, this is, that's what the show's for. That's what the podcast is for. Um, then you get a bunch of different Mountain Dew uh, products. And I haven't written any jingles for them. But uh, ne- aside from the Mountain Dew itself, its rip-off products, its off-brand rip-offs, are named as follows. Dr. Fresh, Dr. Fury, or I'm sorry, not Dr. Mountain Fresh, Mountain Fury, Mountain Holler. Mountain Holler's logo is just terrifying, by the way. It's just a person's face screaming as if they're in utter pain, like terrible pain that they just got in. Like they've just had a, a, a Wolverine rip off one of their testicles, and they're making that face of pain. And someone snapped a picture of it and said, you know what? I bet if you color this picture yellow and red and put it on a can of Mountain Dew, we could call it Ma- we could call it Mountain Holler, and it would be excellent. And they did. Then there's Mountain Lightning, uh, Mountain Chill, Mountain W. Mountain W really stood out to me because it's just... What's the W for? They never specify. You don't know what this W stands for. But it's on a mountain. Then there's Mountain Rapids. Makes sense. Mountain Explosion depending on the kind of mountain makes sense or what you're doing on a mountain. Um, mountain Frost, Mountain Mist, Mountain Shoutin', and my personal favorite, Mountain Crisp, because that doesn't sound like a uh, beverage so much as it does a cereal. Now, here are some off-brand products that don't exist. Oh, wait, I forgot cereal. God damn it. And then here's some cereals. Here's some uh, rip-off cereals. We have, instead of Captain Crunch, you get Crisp Crunch. Instead of Lucky Charms, you get Marshmallow Magic. Then there's just one out there called Choco Pillows. I don't even know what the fuck that's supposed to be a ripoff of, but it claims that they're pillows. Then there's Crisp Waffles, which if you reverse that, is literally just Waffle Crisp. They just reverse the name, Crisp Waffles. Then there's Crispy Clown Cookies, and that's just frightening to me. I, I don't want any cookies... From any clown, nonetheless a crispy one. Then there's fruit O's, which are supposed to be like um, fruit loops, but they're just so they just like oh well they're circular in shape, so we'll just call them fruit O's. Then there's fruit whirls, which are literally the same fucking thing as fruit O's and fruit loops. Then there is you know um, honey or not uh, cinnamon toast crunch, cinnamon toast crunch. There's one that's just called bunch O cinnamon squares. Then there is literally, like, you know, uh, right, uh, Crispix and Rice Crisps? There's one literally just referred to, literally just called, you can look it up, Crispy Hexagons. That's a cereal. Man, I can't wait to start my day. I hope I get to start my day with a fresh bowl of Crispy Hexagons and uh, lactose, uh, lactose cow breast fluids. That's what I want to do. I want to take my Crispy Hexagons and just... Cover them in lactose-infused cow utter fluids. Then there's apple floats, which are supposed to be apple jacks. Fruity Tooties, which again are just Fruit Loops. And then lastly, checkered rice, which again are crispy hexagons. So all that being said, all of this being said, I've made up my own off-brands. And uh, this is what they are. And I want you to tell me if any of them sound like they should A, exist, and B, if you would eat them. Let's start with the cereals. I've got flaky frosted warlock checks. Mmm. Let's start our day with some flaky frosted, f- fraky, flaky frosted warlock checks. Mmm. Delicious. Ooh. How about this? How about dandy kernels? I got me a box of dandy kernels. I'm gonna eat them up. Num num num. Ooh. How about uh, choco mallow critter crisp flakes? Choco mallow critter crisp flakes. Let's all have a box of Choco Mallow Critter Crisp Flakes, kids. You guys want a bowl? I'm going to have a bowl. How about um, Mouthwatering Flavorsome Grist? Yes, I got myself a, bo- a box of that ma- Mouthwatering Flavorsome Grist. Sounds like an old-timey southern guy would be saying it. You know, kind of looks like Colonel Sanders. Yes, yeah, so I start every day with some Mouthwatering Flavorsome Grist. And then uh, the last cereal uh, brand that I made up is just called Palatable Bran. And I, 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 I just love that name because it's described as palatable. And it's just brand. There's no raisins to be found. No raisins for you. It's just palatable. Palatable brand. Um, and then, uh, you know, they got Red Bull out there. Red Bull and Ener- and Monster Energy drinks. So I, I came up with, here's some rip brands for those. How about, uh, instead of Red Bull, how about you get Purple Yak Revitalizing Beverage? Yes. Uh, what's that, man? What are you drinking there? Is that a Red Bull? No, it's a Purple Yak Revitalizing Beverage. It's not as good. Uh, it doesn't pep me up the way Red Bull does, but uh, it still gets me pretty pretty well going. Oh, well, you should drink a Monster Energy drink then. No, no, I got my Leviathan Fortitude Refreshment right here. So those, it's those two, Purple Yak Revitalizing Beverage and Leviathan Fortitude Refreshment. Um, then I got my own uh, Mountain... Mountain rip-offs, Mountain Dew rip-offs that, uh, honestly, I'm surprised these don't exist. There's Mountain Ripe. How about Mountain Revive? Why not Mountain Juiced? Or how about Mountain Succulent? Mountain Charged? How is Mountain Charged not already a thing? How about Mountain Rousing? Mmm, that's good. Mmm, I can't wait to have un- uncork me a uh, uh, a can that apparently has a cork in it of uh, Mountain Rousing. Um... And then here's some Dr. Pepper ones that don't exist, and again, I'm shocked as to why. Dr. Zing. Ooh, Dr. Dr. Quench. Dr. Quench sounds great. Hey, hey, hon, hon, would you like to get a can of Dr. Quench? Does that sound like something you drink? Yeah, because Poptomy doesn't quench thoracic, Yeah, but that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm asking you. I'm asking you, if you have your, you've got your choice between a Dr. Pepper and a Dr. Quench. Which one are you going to grab? Dr. Pepper. Right, because Doctor Quench sounds like something naughty. Uh, also, there's I also have Doctor Oomph. Ooh, do- grab yourself a can of Doctor Oomph. No, fuck that. I need a whole bottle of Doctor Oomph. I've got to get me an old way one of those old timey glass bottles with a cap that like the that you gotta pop the cap off of, of Doctor Oomph. Doctor Hankering, Doctor Wallop, Doctor Thirst, which I'm surprised just doesn't exist already. Doctor Taste. How about Dr. Pizzazz or Dr. Throat Bubbles? I think Dr. Throat Bubbles is the most marketable of this. This sounds like the one I want. I want me some Dr. Throat Bubbles. But yeah, so those are some uh, off-brand products that uh, don't exist. And my my question to you now, now that I've said this, is uh, having heard the ones that I just fucking made up, are you surprised they don't exist because i am especially the uh, the energy drinks you know purple yak revitalizing beverage as a substitute for red bull or a uh, leviathan fortitude refreshment instead of a uh, monster energy drink that's that's for me. me i'm all about the leviathan fortitude refreshment that just sounds like that sounds like something from the depths just brought it up to you and is like drink this and you just did without questioning the fact that there's a creature from the depths bringing you a beverage a pre-bottled beverage Oh man, what else can we talk about today? Let's talk about uh let's talk about story old stories old people tell. And I know that everybody everybody out there, you know somebody, be it a grandparent, maybe an older elderly aunt and uncle or something like that. And um you know, they all seem to tell the same stories from their lives as and they, they always tell these stories as if they are currently in mental anguish. You know, it, 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 I I guess that's a prerequisite that if you're 70 or older and have a story to tell, you have to do it in a manner that leaves the listener confused and in terror. And uh, so, again, how many of you have ever listened to an old person ramble on for three hours only to either forget what they were talking about or to, you know, just end the story abruptly and or as a way to with a setup that doesn't seem to match uh, what they were t- originally talking about? <laughs> and they all start out the same. They all start out like this. It'd be like, Okay, like, I'm going to tell you this story about how I got a watch. And they'll be like, hey, you know how I got this watch? And they'll tell you the story about how they got the watch. And as it goes along, it usually goes along with someone someone they knew uh, who has since died, and then all the details of that now deceased person's battle with whatever illness killed them, followed by a side story of something the two of them did together at some location when they were younger, and then how that establishment is no longer there, and why probably some other political thing that they didn't agree with at that time, followed by what it was like then, and so on and so forth. So, finally, after you've considered putting your balls in a power juicer, because it really seems like a better alternative than to listening to the rest of their rambling, they get to the end, and the end of the story is that, and so I bought it at the store your grandmother used to work at when she was a, was a young lass. It's like, okay, so not one part of anything you rambled on about up until that point was important to the story. You could have just said, you know, I got this watch. Uh, that's how I met your grandmother too. I went in, I bought it at the store she worked at. How long did that take me? Like five seconds. The story's fucking done. But no, they got to go on. Ah, I I'm, let me tell you about how. Let me tell you about this onion I ate once. I was down there at the farmers market, and I I ran into old uh, old Le- Le- Leopold. Leopold was a friend I knew. We we went to school together. We grew up. He used to leave, he lived fourteen miles away from the school, and he used to sh- bike there every day on a bicycle. Cause that's just how it was back then. That's how we did it. Uh, we grew up together in the school, and uh, when we graduated, we we was a bunch of young tramps. We was going about doing a business. We used to go out at night, and you know we we put our we we uh, put our our short knickers on because that was. That was uh, see me back then, and we go down, down to the to the riverside by the bridge, by the train bridge, and uh, the ladies that we saw walking by, we would hoot and holler at them, and then uh, you know, then of course the war came, and we went to we went to the war. We we was drafted, and we enlisted in the war together, got them them lousy, lousy krauts off of American soil, and it's just like, ah, uh, no, well, no, you get Nazis, you killed Nazis, the, you know, German people still exist, and there are still German people in America, No, 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 you one day, you don't know what it was like back then, so we would hoot and holla anyways, and, uh, you know, it, uh, that's, ah, oh, poor Leopold, he survived the war, but he ain't with us anymore. I can't believe he went out the way he went out. Oh, what, hap- what happened to him? Oh, I'm glad you asked. And you're immediately like, fuck. Fuck, I shouldn't have asked. But uh, he's like, well, Leopold, he developed that scrotum disease that happens when your balls get all scrotomy and they start sweating and you can't have any liquids and you just dry up. And it's like, wait a minute, that's a fucking thing? It's like, no, not anymore. It was back in my day. Eisenhower was in office back then. Oh, Eisenhower. Eisenhower. Ah, uh, and it's like, okay, can, are you gonna tell me about the fucking onion? It's like, oh yeah, anyway, your grandma picked me up this onion from the, from the supermarket last week and it was delicious. Like, why did you tell me about your entire life? Why did you tell me about the 65 fucking years leading up to the point when you ate the onion? Couldn't you just skip that and just told me about the onion? Also, why do old people just eat onions? Why do they just like, you know what, you know what I'm going to eat today? I got to go over to the fridge. I pull out a whole onion. I put that, I peel it. I just get all that uh, oniony crap off of it. And I just peel the onion and just start eating flaps of onion all day because that's, I'm elderly's. You can't judge me for it because I'm an old man now and that's what I do. Fuck old people. Fuck them. damn. Next topic. Okay. Ah oh, no 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 no! You know what? I'm not done with old people. I'm not done with that. Not only do they do that, but why do they smell? Why do they all smell? You know, I I understand as you get older, you you're, we're, we're, from the moment we're all born, we're slowly dying, and so thereby we're all slowly rotting. But I mean, why do old people just naturally have a smell that is tantamount to the same smell as a bag of garbage? Or is it? And I've seen old people, and they wake up every day, and they put their aftershave on. And you know, old ladies spray themselves with their perfume and shit like that. But then 5 minutes later, grandma smells like she's been bathing in onion soup and grandpa smells like he went and took a took like a naked like bath in a dumpster full of rainwater and they smell like that for the remainder of the day. And, like, you know, their eyelids are all drooping and shit. They can't keep... It's like, you don't know if they fell asleep? Oh, no, they're awake. That's just the way their eyes look. They have the natural... Their faces just now naturally look like an English bulldog. So, Jesus Christ. Fuck old people. God damn it. God damn it. Fuck you. I'll debate old people tits to crack. All right. Let's, uh... Let's liven it up here, kids. I promised all of you that I would discern what the difference between leggings and jeggings are. And are jeggings leggings or jeans? And I've determined that jeggings are just humanity's attempt to jam two things together again to make something that they think people want. And we don't. So uh, my answer to you is that uh, they're neither jeans nor leggings. They're an abomination and they need to be destroyed. See, quick and simple. They don't all have to be long, drawn-out things. Oh, yes, yes. Yes, that's right. Ash just reminded me, uh, thankfully, that there is a woman from Montreal, Canada whose name is Mary Magdalene of Montreal. Toronto, Toronto. Toronto. Mary Magdalene of Toronto. And she had a surgery. She had a cosmetic surgery surgery well, multiple cosmetic surgeries, but her most recent one was to give herself the world's fattest vagina. You've heard me right, folks. The world's fattest vagina. And yes, like everyone else in existence, she wants a penis, but she just wants it to be smashed by the fat folds of her world now world's fattest vagina. She wants to take... She had to go and have a... Have, keep in mind that this girl is, what, 24? 20, 23? Let me look her up. Bear with me, EOS Army. Mary Magdalene of Toronto. That didn't do anything. I'm just going to type up world's fattest vagina. This is all going to be porn. It's all going to be porn. I'm warning you all right now. It's all going to be porn. Ha! No! It came right up. Holy shit. Okay. All right. Here we go. Oh, it shows a picture of this beast. It shows a picture of her. And make no mistakes, this woman... She may have been an attractive woman, like, whenever she was, like, growing up regularly, like a regular person does, but you can clearly look at her and see that this woman has had so many plastic surgeries that she now looks like a wax sculpture of something that is currently in the process of transforming into The Thing, from John Carpenter's 1982 classic The Thing. And as I've always said, if I have to start a topic by referencing The Thing, we can't be going in a good direction. So, she's an Instagram model. And uh, she nearly died. Nearly died. It says this is the first thing it says. She nearly died after having surgery to give herself cosmetic surgery to have to give herself the world's fattest vagina. Mary Magdalene from Toronto loves to look like a blow-up doll. However, her addiction to cosmetic surgery almost killed her after she had two blood transfusions following the procedure. The 24-year-old. Yeah, she's 24 said she spent a total of $100,000 on surgery since her first cosmetic procedure at the age of 21. So in the past three years, she has spent $100,000 on plastic surgeries to make herself look like a blow-up doll with a fat vagina. And that's not making it up. Those are not my words. These are her words. Her first boob job, she said, was, I was working as a stripper, and I was 17. And so I wanted to have that fake bimbo look. So I got a boob job however things recently took a turn for the worst when she almost died from her most recent cosmetic surgery it was ve- which they media has dubbed very unusual oh and here's a picture here's a picture of her and bleh, i can't even look at it nah, they have a picture of her no it's it's the picture of her like in a thong oh. it's, it was disgusting I was gonna say, I definitely... and she said again these are her words i'm reading them verbatim to you The most unusual eye operation I ever had was recently. It was the one on my vagina. I custom designed it so I would have the fattest vagina in the world. I almost died during the procedure and I had to get two blood transfusions. The doctor said that I was losing so much blood and turning very pale. He thought I was going to die. I felt nauseous. For a whole week and thought I was going to die. And I had a bad allergic react. I thought I might have had a bad allergic reaction to my new blood from that transfusion. Bitch, I think you might have had an allergic reaction to getting so much silicone shoved into your vagina. That it fucking... I, you know what? There's more. Mary Magdalene of Toronto has also undergone a brow lift. Fat transferred from her uh, breasts... From her original breasts to her cheeks and lips, twice, three nose jobs, three boob jobs, 20 dental veneers, and so many lip fillers that she's forgotten. Uh, Adding to all this, she says that once her her custom designer fattest vagina is fully healed, she plans to be showing it off to all of her Instagram followers, adding that she's so excited. Holy shit. Holy shit. The world. Oh, here's one of her Instagram posts. Okay, so she's wearing, like, these skin-tight shorts. You can't see the vagina, but you can see the outline of the vagina in the same way you can see the outline of a dude's dick whenever he wears, like, you know, boxer briefs or tighty-whities. And literally, her tag, like, she tagged it. She put a post in there, and it says, My pussy out of control right now. I'm... (laughs) I'm still swollen from surgery. It'll take two months to settle this down. L-M-A-O-O-O. In the meantime, I will enjoy my imaginary ball sack and 30-inch cock. That's right. Everybody wants a penis. Bam. Proved it. World's fattest vagina just proved it. God damn. She also says, this one is m- the most special to me because I can't wait for the world to see how sad and annoyed that I was with my old vagina now that I got the world's fattest. I'll be calling Guinness. It doesn't specify if she means the beer company or the place of world records. I mean, she probably means the world records. But uh, you know, if I had to tote around what is uh, appearing to be a 42-pound vagina, I would probably call. I'd probably be drinking constantly. So I would call uh, Guinness. Uh, Guinness beers. Holy shit! Holy shit! Ash, thanks for reminding me. I almost forgot about that one. God damn! World's fattest vagina. What makes a person, what makes a person sit down? No, no. What makes a person wake up one day and say to themselves, looking themselves in the mirror, trying to identify uh, if their original face is still mixed in with the uh, fucking Picasso sculpture of the thing that it turns into in the movie It to scare the Jewish kid. Um, What makes them look and go, you know what? You know what ain't good enough for me? My vagina, my pussy ain't fat enough. I gotta get out there. My right now. Hold on, wait. Let me get my bathroom scale. And they sit. She sits down on her butt and like scooches over to the bathroom scale and just tries to like flap her pussy lips on it. And she's like, "God damn, my vagina's only 16 ounces. Ain't no room for that in this household." And then she like sits down and she like goes out and she buys like a Potter's wheel and like some sculpting clay. And you know she puts on the fucking song from Ghost. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. So she goes out. She 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 weighs her old vagina. She's not happy with it. She goes out, and uh, she gets herself a pottery wheel, and she just puts this song on. And there she is. And you hear that she's got the pottery wheel out like fucking Demi Moore, only she doesn't have Patrick Swayze with her. She's got an imaginary 30-inch dick and a huge ball sack, like she said. She's sitting there at the pottery wheel, fucking pouring clay on it and, like, molding a self, like, customized giant fucking vagina. And then afterwards, she, like, takes it, takes, like, photos of it and takes the fucking mold and kilns it. And then, uh, you know, she goes into the, uh, she goes into her plastic surgeon and she's like, I worked hard on this pussy, I want you to give me this. And they're like, ma'am, this is a, uh, this is a boulder. You realize that? This is a, this is a boulder with a large crevice. Put down it. This appears as if you whittled away on a large rock for hours on end just to put a crevice down the center of the rock. And she's like, uh huh. Like, this weighs 63 pounds. She's like, uh huh. Put make that my pussy now. And then they and then they're like, okay. And they just do it for her. Like, they got no combs. They're getting paid. Why the fuck do these care? They care. No plastic surgeon in history has ever given a shit about doing plastic surgery. They'll just do whatever. You could walk in there and be like, hey, man, could you put a dick on the end of my nose? they be like, uh, do you want it to get erect when blood goes into it or, or not? You'd be like, no, yeah, the first one. And, the, and plastic surgeons are just like, yeah, sure, fine, no problem. But this woman, she walks in and they're just like, you know that we're going to have to put more silicone into uh your vagina then we put in the rest of your body and she's like for now and then just goes and gets it done and then she goes home again and it's healed it's all healed up and she's like I gotta take some pictures of this get my Instagram followers up all up in this giant pussy and she just scoots again over to the thing and she picks it up she has to like physically hoist it up with two hands now she's like huh and you hear her make like a guttural grunt, like she's lifted something, like hasn't lifted something, or, or didn't uh, bend at the knee, didn't lift with her knees. And she was like, and she pop, you pops it on the scale, and you just hear this, you just hear, and then the scale goes on, and there's like dead silence while she's waiting for the scale to get there. And she's like, 72 pounds, 3 ounces, y'all, this the biggest, fattest pussy you ever done seen. And you know what, anybody out there gets a bigger pussy than this. I'll just make it bigger and that's her life and that's who Mary Mag- Magdalene of Toronto is. What makes a person want to do that with their lives? What makes a person just go all ghost about shit? God,
0: My pussy. it's got away so much. Oh you Still I need the fattest pussy in the world.
2: I need the fattest pussy in the world. Okay, that's enough of that. That's enough of that. How do you follow Mary Magdalene of Toronto? making, custom designing her own world's fattest vagina. I'll tell you, midgets. Midgets is the only way that can follow it. And I and boy, do I have it set up for you. Okay, so the history of midgets is a long one, and I'm not going to get into all that, you know. Like, I'm not going to get into why, why, you know, being a midget would be important, or Billy Barty, Peter Dinklage, Tom Cruise, or any other legend, or any other midget legends out there. You know the Wizard of Oz. Maybe we're all midgets. Maybe we're all midgets in a co- in the cosmic sense. I don't care. That's not what I'm here to talk about. I'm just here to give you the facts. You know, like is, is it important to me that in the 90s and uh, or late and late 80s, John Goodman ate no less than 32 midgets a day, every day for a year? Uh, does that matter? Does that matter to me? No, no, it doesn't. And it shouldn't matter to you either, because there's more important things to talk about. And It boils down to this. If a midget spits on you, do you become a midget yourself? That's all you should be concerned with when it comes to midgets. And the answer to that is a resounding yes, of course. Of course you do. Much in the same way that looking at Medusa would turn you to stone, having a midget spit on you will turn you into a midget. That being said, they they really got to hawk like a real loogie on you. It can't just they can't just be like and like blow a raspberry at you. They got to like and like get it up there and like Pfft. like it's got to make an audible like like thumping sound and like it hit when it hits you. And it's got to make direct skin contact or else it won't be effective. Now, let's say for the sake of argument that a midget has spit on you and it's made direct contact. Do you simply just poof and you're a midget? No. While the process does begin immediately, my years of research and uh, watching midgets from uh, balconies and rooftops and other places they can never possibly uh, reach, even by t- stacking themselves on top of each other, um, I- I've been able to figure out that the process of turning into a midget is—you um, know—my many long nights of research in the EOS laboratory. I've been able to determine that the transformation is. Much like that of a werewolf transformation, and very painful. Do you remember the uh, transfer, the werewolf transformation scene from uh, an American Werewolf in London? Uh, if you don't, go watch it. If you do, yes, that. It's pretty much that, except for it's you becoming a midget. And uh, you know, first off, that that looked painful as fuck in the movie to be turning into a werewolf that way. So imagine that, but instead of like growing like wolf limbs and shit like that, you're just compressing. Like, your bones are just being compressed and shortened, and your body gets all, like, disproportioned, and, like, you never, ever turn into a midget who's proportioned nicely. There's no such fucking thing. Those are called pygmies. Those are separate types of people. These are midgets. There's no such thing as a well-proportioned midget, and so neither will you be after the transformation has taken its taken its effect. Instead, you you end up looking like Billy Barty with an oversized head and thick little sausage fingers, or uh, Vern Troyer with six-inch legs supporting an average-sized human torso that is and arms that are basically uncooked chicken wings. You know, once the transformation's complete. Here's what happens to you. Do you just go about your life as a midget? Oh, you're just a midget now, and I guess that's just what happens. No. No, 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 no. There's so much more to it than that, you naive fool. Pay attention, because this is important. So a midget has spit on you. You painfully transformed into a midget. You're laying there curled up in, as, as curled up as a midget can be in a fetal position, naked and afraid, sweating from the com- from the transformation. And then the other midgets come from the midget hierarchy, Come out of their hiding spots, be it uh, you know under your bed or between the walls or under the couch cushions, uh, behind shrubs, various other places midgets can hide, and they and then they bring you into the fold, they they bring you into the the midget the fold of the midget hierarchy, and this is done by taking you out deep deep into the woods, and uh, they give you all they give you at first is a loincloth, a wooden club and a ceremonial mask, and you're taken deep into the woods uh, where uh, they show you that this is the entrance, one of the many entrances to the Midget Kingdom. And your gar- your job is to now guard the uh, entrance to the Midget Kingdom. So basically, you got to start your new life at the bottom. You begin your new life at the bottom, frightening off anybody who trespasses too close uh, or comes too close to finding the entrance to the Midget Kingdom. And, uh, you know, you forage... For, for scraps to survive the long winters and stuff like this. And this is your life. You go on like this for a while. But, you know, that's not, you don't always have to stay that way. In time, you can work your way up in the ranks of the midget hierarchy. You'll be allowed regular clothing and, uh, or children's clothing, rather, and a dwelling, in which, which you will construct for yourself out of Lego bricks. And, you know, maybe eventually even be allowed to venture back out into the world. And this is just part of how it works, you know. This is just how it works for the midget hierarchy. Perhaps one day you'll even be acknowledged by the Midget King, who is uh, clearly Peter Dinklage, um, who himself was once a full-grown person and had to start at the bottom, just like you will. Just like you. In fact, every midget you've ever seen started guarding the forest entrances and worked their way up. Now, okay, so now that you know how it works, you should know a few other things about living that midget lifestyle. Number one, you're given limited amounts of magic. There's only limited amounts. So use it wisely, because when you run out, it's gone. You don't die or anything when it's run out, but you just don't get it anymore. You can never use magic again. Um, I'm assuming a lot of these mi- midgets have used magic to uh, popularize themselves and, uh, you know, make it in Hollywood. <clears throat> Number two, if you get hit, if you get transformed into a midget, and you get hit on the head with an old-timey mallet, an old-timey wooden mallet, you explode into golden coins and precious gemstones. This is just what happens, but it has to specifically be directly on top of the head with an old-timey wooden mallet. Anything else was not, nothing. No effect. Maybe you'll get a concussion or knocked out or something. I don't know. But if you are cracked in the top of the head with an old-timey uh, wooden mallet, boom, you explode into golden coins and precious gemstones, usually which are scooped up by the, your fellow midgets so they can work their way up the hierarchy. So many midgets have taken other midgets out just for that purpose. Number three, if you are captured by regular-sized people, you get a one-time-only escape pass that will transport you back into the forest. But the cost of using that pass is you now have to start over at the bottom with the ceremonial mask and the club guarding the, uh, the, the entrance. So you get got to start all over again. It's like monop- Monopoly. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Uh, do not get caught. Do not use your pa- escape pass because you got to start back at the bottom. Number four, Number four, bears will mistake you for their cubs, and they'll attempt to take you back to their caves for the winter. Then, when they realize you, they're not your cubs, they'll simply eat you. So, watch out for bears. You're a midget now. You're a midget now. you got to watch out for bears. Number five, you will... Due to your stature, be able to move in between walls and under floorboards. Now, I'm not saying that you can phase through walls or anything, but I'm saying that because you are now a midget, if there's an opening that leads between two walls or underneath the floor, you can get under there. That's what this will help you move around unseen, as will be mandatory in the midget hierarchy. Again, only the only those who have worked their way up can go venture out in the public and be see, be witnessed. Most midgets, you gotta you gotta keep out of sight. And I I just want all the regular-sized listeners to know now that, uh, you know, there there are no less than 12 midgets in any of our homes right now. There are no less than 12 midgets in any of our homes. Who do you think, whenever you plug something into the wall, who do you think is back there flipping the switch to make it work? You think that's electricity? That sort of sorcery? Ha! Midgets! That's where it comes from. So, yeah, there's no less than 12 midgets in any of our homes. And they like to watch us sleep, too, because our beds are usually right about eye level that they can peek over the bed and just kind of watch us sleep. They just stand there creepily watching you sleep. Me, I've 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 tried to pretend to sleep a few times with an old-timey wooden mallet, hoping they would show up, and then I could just whack a mole and get a bunch of precious gemstones and gold coins. It's never panned out for me. They seem to know when I'm faking. Um, And lastly, number six, any disputes between midgets are handled in gladiatorial battles if the midgets are of different class statuses because remember like i said you got to work your way up the midget hierarchy if you're of different class statuses the winner is awarded the higher of the two class statuses while the loser is reduced back to the lowest class gotta start all over back out in the woods guarding the forest entrances so now that you know what it's like remember midgets come in many forms many shapes and many sizes all of which are hilarious, and at any given moment, may decide to add you, me, or anybody into their midget ranks. A mythical people with a rich heritage, they live among us, in our walls, beneath our beds, and always, always, just beyond our sight. Thank you. This has been The Element of Surprise. I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it greatly. And, um, you know, before I let you go, as always... Check out uh, the following podcast. Check out a Fireside Chat hosted by uh, Grimace Ryan McCormick on Libsyn.com. Check out 4 A.M. Knows All My Secrets hosted by Grimace uh, Ryan McCormick and Tiffany uh, Earthbound Misfit. Thank you. I forgot the name. More hosts uh, also on Libson. Check out uh, the Mix Sauce Mix Sauce the Comic Book Podcast on YouTube and on Podomatic by uh, hosted by Ian Paul and Matt. Check out uh, Case in Point, hosted by Justin Case, on Audioboom and on YouTube. Check out the Element of Surprises YouTube page, where you can see all the crazy video shits that I do. I got puppets up there and fucking my cat whirling around with uh, music playing and everything like that. So I think, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, that will be all. And as usual, and as always, cue the fucking bear music.
1: All the elevator buttons, so incredibly high I stand today for the midget, half the size of a regular guy Let me hold you, little man, as the parade passes by Let me hold you, little man, we'll make believe you can fly You shout for me to put you down, but I'm marching today for your cause. I'm banging the drum, your big day will come, when they remake the Wizard of Oz. So let me hold you, midget man, pretend that you're flying in space. Let me hold you midget man so the dog will stop licking your face. Little shoes, little pants, little song, little dance, little heart, little mind, but your rights are as big as mine. Na 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 you fall. We're all midgets for one and for all. Thank God I am tall. I won't let you fall. We're all midgets and some are just small. Stand up for the little people.